We are back for another episode of the Dinner With Podcast. It's the show everyone's talking about for right and wrong reasons. One of those wrong reasons is my co-host, Ben. Ben, how are you doing this evening, my friend? Very well, Sean, mate. Very well. How are you, mate? Mate, I'm good. I'm sipping on a Balvini uh, single malt as we chat. Uh, and the night is young, which is lovely. Uh, but what about yourself, mate? You having a you having a little drinky poo, or you you just sipping on the waters? A drinky poo. Yeah, on a Vermentino from Hunter Valley. Delicious. Mm, mm, yeah, you've. Yeah, I, last time I was uh, around your house, you had quite the collection from the Hunter Valley. Um, so, mate, I'm not surprised. That's where that delicious drop is from. Speaking of things that are both delicious and young, now guest which is he's usually a co-host but benny what happened through the week was we got a stack of messages on instagram uh, make sure you follow us if you're not already it's the dinner with podcast got a stack of messages uh from some friends and family of this fella because they wanted to know who his dream dinner guest would be it is of course ben one of our fellow co-hosts it's g G, how are you? Happy good day. I'm uh, I'm good, and I'm I'm vibing with the uh, the guest hot seat. It's uh, nice and relaxed over here. There's less work and more play. A few spikes on the seat from our last guest. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's warm. It's definitely warm. It's definitely warm, but not moist. Um, so, <laughs> guys, we of course come together in these special evenings to ask a guest number one who their dream dinner guest would be and then we ask them who um with this dream dinner guest the questions they would like to ask them that have maybe always been on their mind so gee for you we'd love to know who are you going to sit down with for a meal and why have you chosen them yeah look i put some thought into this and I think there's probably two ways you could look at it. Uh, and it was like, do you, is it all time? Like, do you, do you ask who would who would I'd like to sit down with out of all time, or in the current moment? Um, and I, I generally like to live in the current moment. So I thought about what's happening in the world in the past few weeks, and uh, who who I'd like to, I guess, hear from in, in current times. And with that in mind, um, you know. RIP to the legend that he was, but I think I'd like to have a last meal with Shane Warne. Mm. The Baron of Baked Potato, a uh, Baker, uh, what, what was he, Benny? The Baron, the Baron of, of Baked Beans. But I can see, beans. I can see why he went with Baked Potato. You know, beans and potato that does work. That's <laughs> combo. Um, wow, the uh, Warney himself, uh, Mr. Hollywood, Shaney boy. Quite the icon of Australian sport. Ben, I know you are a Londoner by trade, but growing up watching the Ashes, surely Shane Warne was someone that even you, um, a filthy pom, would enjoy watching on the TV screen. A filthy pom. Wow. <laughs> what, what, an rough, what an intro. <laughs> <laughs> what an intro. How many of those scotches have you had? Um, no, to be fair, I actually watched his... Um, his documentary on Amazon, I think two weeks ago. And obviously I knew about Shane Warren and the Australian cricket team and obviously the fierce rivalry that the Aussies and the English have. Um, but I actually didn't realise how much of an icon and how much he shaped test cricket, not just in Australia, but the world, really. 
he made test cricket sexy. There was something of a, like a rock star kind of vibe mm. about him. And he just changed the whole sport. And I have to say, what an absolute legend. He was a spin king for sure. And he definitely made spin bowling sexy. He made test cricket sexy. He had that, you know, the bleach blonde hair. He had tan skin. He was a bit chunky. Um, you know, he's probably not someone that you'd want your daughter to, to bring home. Uh, but if she did, I think uh, a few drinks in, you'd find out what a legend the guy was. So, gee, you've got Mr. Warren sitting down at the table. What are you going to have as your entree? And what's the first question that you want to ask Shane? Can I just say, can I just, can I just really quickly butt in? Is that the scene now? So Shane has come home with your daughter. <laughs> you're, sitting around, you're sitting around the dining room table. Is this the setting for tonight's dinner? I think it should it be. It is. It is the setting. So, <laughs> G, look, we got to have a chat, G. You have a daughter um, from one of those many trips overseas. Um, no, but honestly, <laughs> let's just pretend we're in a future state. Uh, you've got a lovely wife and a child. Um, she's grown up. She's an adult now. Okay. Dad. Um, and she brings home Mr. Warren as, look, her beau, her, 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 her good friend, her, her acquaintance, <laughs> her boys are killing, You boys are killing the vibe. It's just me and Warney at dinner, and we're just <laughs> catching up, right? Yeah, That's fair it. Enough. That's fair it. Enough. Full stop. Full stop. Um, and look, I think it's one of those ones where you've got to give the great man what he wants. So a meat pie and a ciggy. Um, and probably a, a VB can on that side of the table. And mm. you know what? Given the given the great occasion that it is, I'd probably go a sausage roll as well. Um, and uh, that, that'd be entrees. And what are you asking him as the first question? He's sitting down. He's across the table. What do you want to know? Why the mullet? Well, I'd have to go there. Like <laughs> <laughs> when he first burst onto the scene, that dirty. That, speaking of filthy palms, um, that mullet, like, why why the mullet? Speaking of mullets, who ever wore a good mullet, do you think, in history? Ooh, John Farnham. Great mullet. Like, that's a guy where you go, you deserve a mullet, uh, you keep the mullet, and society will, will, will bend around you because you are a mullet specimen. Uh, ben, any other mullet? Um... Did... Did Freddie Mercury ever have a mullet? He yes, did, did he, he did. He did indeed. I mean, he would have worn it very well. Very well. Very, very well. <laughs> mullet and a mustache. Not a bad combo. Jason Gillespie. Jason Gillespie had a mullet. He did indeed. That is an Aussie, an iconic look, isn't it? The mullet, the tash. You've got your thongs, not flip-flops, thongs on. You've got your ciggy in your mouth. You've got your VB in your other... Or your, forex, or your forex gold. That is Aussie, Australia for you, isn't it? Thongs up the ass. Nothing more Australian than that, Ben. Um, <laughs> look, when I think of mullets, I think of the 80s. I think it was like the era of power rock. It was the era of um, the short stubbies, shorts. Gee, you'd remember those. Remember, do you remember even in primary school where we'd be starting to wear shorts that were like close to the, the knees or maybe below the knees? And you'd get one kid who didn't get the memo about what was cool that year, and he'd rock up with the short shorts. James Morgan was one of those guys that wore short shorts. He wore the stubbies. <laughs> I remember those. And they, they, they weren't his – look, they weren't 
he wasn't the first Blake to own. <laughs> no, they shorts. were well like, worn. They'd been passed down from the two older brothers. Uh, <laughs> it was like they used to be navy blue, but now they were light blue type stuff. <laughs> wow. So you want to know about Warney about the mullet? Um, look, he probably doesn't have a lot to say other than it was the era. It was what people did. But for him in his era, we know he didn't have he didn't have the greatest uh, test debut. Um, if we're going to be honest, um, I think it was back in God was it '92 or something like that. It was early '90s where he broke onto the scene. Um, you know, well touted as the next big thing, but came through, didn't have the best debut. The following year, though, went on an absolute wicket-taking uh, rampage in 93. Uh, I think set some records for spin bowling. The guy was just unstoppable, particularly against New Zealand and particularly against Benny, I'm afraid yeah. to say, yeah, against England as well. Yeah. Well, the ball of the century was against... English captain, uh, his name, his name escapes me, but uh, was it Gatting, Mike Gatting? Mike Gatting, yeah. That's yeah, him. he ripped he ripped Mike Gatting's stump out. So as a filthy pommy, like, how did you take that? Ben? Filthy pommy, <laughs> filthy pommy. Can we, all right, can we just stop with the filthy pommy nonsense, all right? <laughs> um, mate, I was two years old, to tell you the truth, so I haven't got a clue how I felt at the time. But yes, I'm sure it would have hurt a lot of filthy palms back in the day. It would have hurt a lot, especially if it was in England. It would have hurt an awful lot, I can tell you that. Um, yeah. I think, well, uh, I think I think like um, one of the things that is is iconic about Shane Warne is that you know growing up and you know we were probably the last era of that, Sean. Eh? But growing up at that time. It didn't matter whether you were a cricket fan or not. It was the summer thing to do. Like, everyone bowled an over of leggy, and it was because of him. I'll never forget. uh, So, Benny, a bit of background history for you. And for the listeners at home, uh, I grew up playing rugby league, and, gee, he never played it. But his good mate, H, yeah, we're just going through the alphabet. You're right. But his good mate, H... (laughs) He was on the same team as me, and I became good friends with with him. And um, look, uh, we we had many good years playing footy. And I remember when I don't know we must have been pushing like the age of 14, 15. H had put on a bit of weight, and G said to me one day, he goes, "I bet you that when the cricket season starts, that H will go from being a fast bowler to a spin bowler." <laughs> did Alan, I say that? <laughs> warning. You did say that. You did say that. But, I mean, he kind of made spin bowling, like, that's what you did. Like, even if you weren't the best cricketer, you could come on for an over, bowl six balls of of leg spin, and, mate, you're in the game. You're you're contributing. Yeah, yeah, that's right. It's one of those things where it's it's hard to be shit. So (laughs) anyone can roll the arm over for a a bit of spin. But, yeah, Shane Warne made it cool. So when you were kids and you were playing cricket and, you know, you were bowling, pretending to be Shane Warne, did you ever attempt the mullet, the famous mullet, did you? I had a bit of a mullet as a kid. Gee, you'd know that. Like, I didn't have, a, like, a proper mullet with sh- shaved on the sides, but my hair was pretty long at the back. Mate, you put you put the Goldie in Goldilocks. Thank you. <laughs> Yours awesome. was huge. 
Amazing. We never knew this about Sean. <laughs> My mum was very adamant and like well until I was probably, I don't know, 11 or 12 years of age. She did not want, want me to have a haircut because she just wanted me to have long, flowing Goldilock hair. Clearly um, a John Farnham fan. The old gen. <laughs> huge John Farnham fan. Um, Have you got photos of this, G? I'd have to dig into the archives, but I reckon I could fish something out. If you are following on Instagram, one of them might crop up on Instagram. Love it. Absolutely it will. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. That's something to look forward to. So, mate, you've got through the entrees, a nice meat pie and a sausage roll, can of VB, happy days. He's told you about his mullet era, and now the mains are coming out. What are you going to have, and what what do you want to ask him as the mains are served? What like let's get to the meat of it. What do you want to know about Warney? Well, I think I think Warney was pretty iconic for for loving a beer, so there'd be quite a gap. You know, when you go to one of those dinners and there's a gap between entrees and mm. and mains, maybe even a little stand up and mingle type thing. So probably another three schooners each between between the two courses. Um, and um, a bit of a general chit-chat. But I, I reckon, I think his career is something that's worth, you know, asking about. Like, it, it was, for some, like, let's be honest, he wasn't the fittest bloke around. Um, but he had such longevity, I guess is the word. So for someone who appears to be the opposite of what we deem as a great athlete, what ma- what drove you? Like, what was your motivation? What What actually made you tick and want to get wickets? Do you think I'll, I'll say a name, G, and you tell me what you what you think of Dennis Lilly? Uh, hothead beer and mullet. For me, Dennis Lilly, I think of someone who enjoyed a beer for starters, and he set the benchmark in terms of wicket taking at three fifty five. So I reckon. What was driving Warney? What was his motivation? Uh, I've got to think that someone like Dennis Lilly was an inspiration for Warney. Yeah, yeah. You'd have to, because that would have been the hero that he grew up with, right? So he would have been like admiring those those type of those type of people. But I guess through probably the second half of his career, when he became more of a like a Hollywood Shane, as we know him, like what, like to to play Test cricket, it's not a huge achievement in the grand scheme of things when he's like out partying with like Coldplay or David Beckham. So it's like, what made you want to still play cricket while you had reached that status? You know what I mean? Mm. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Um, Ben, for you, when you think of Warney, apart from the mullet, as kind of and I know you've been here for 10 years, but and you're an insider now, but when he was playing, consider yourself as an outsider, someone that you know grew up following England in the Ashes, England or nothing. What were some of the, I guess, maybe some of the connotations of, of Shane Warne when, when you thought of Warney? He was a very determined individual, wasn't he, taking it on a bit more of a serious note. Um, I, think he, I think he tried to play cricket as a youngster. They said he wasn't very good. They said he wouldn't make it. And I believe, and this is not a, this might not be a correct um, take on what he did, but I believe he played footy for a while as well. 
Um, or maybe I've got that wrong. I think maybe. No, I think you're right, Ben. I think he he could have gone on and become a an AFL player if he chose to. Like he was he was pretty skillful in that area as well. I think that's it. I think you've corrected me. Yes. Yeah. So he, I think he wanted to pursue an, um, footy, um, and I, I think he got injured maybe as a kid, um, and then yeah, and then he wanted to go and play cricket, and he found out he was really good at cricket, and I think he's just a very determined individual, um, and then he was, you know, the the almost like the cricket god, wasn't he, of everybody, and I think that's just a incredible feat for him. It sounds like you blokes have just recently watched the uh, documentary that came I out. I definitely have. <laughs> and uh, you're pulling all of your facts from there. What's the so, um, for 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 Amazon Prime viewers, Ben? What's the coupon code that they can enter to get a discount? Uh, oh, we're gonna have to follow on Instagram. That might come in the next coming weeks. <laughs> it's uh, it's hashtag filthy pommy, and and that'll get you straight in there. Uh, but yeah, actually, I watched the doco myself recently. Um, and one of the like we're talking about dinner here with Shane. So one of the great stories from the doco is he goes to Sachin Tendulkar's house in India while yes, they're touring. Yes, yes. And uh, obviously you guys have watched it, so Ben's all across this. Um, but he had he's having dinner at Tendulkar's house, and it's you know spicy Indian food, which is um, the opposite of baked beans, which is what he got delivered to <laughs> India during this tour. And he can't handle it, but he doesn't want to disrespect the great Sachin Tendulkar, right? So he uh, he's pretending to eat the food, and then he's putting it into his napkin, and he's also telling the guy next to him, who is Sachin's manager, that he can't eat it. So the minute he's putting the food on the manager's plate, and all unbeknownst to Sachin Tendulkar. So for Mains, I think we're having butter chicken. There is no way that the little general had no idea what was going on at the table that night. I well, reckon, he says that. <laughs> I reckon the little general knew what Shaney was up to but didn't want to call him out on it because he's too polite. I don't know. He invited an Aussie around his house for a curry. You Aussies cannot handle spice at all. You go to a curry house in Sydney and they say, how hot, how hot do you want it? You say, extra, extra spice. I want the vindaloo and I want it as spicy as you've ever made it. And they go, you sure? And they look yeah, at you bad. like you're off your head. <laughs> like, no, 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 come on. I want it as spicy as you've ever made it and a tiger beer, whatever, to wash it down with. And they bring it over. Mate, you look at them and it's just like, come on. You go to England and have a vindaloo. Yeah. I like, I like the, uh, the cultural differences where in Australia, we would call it an Indian restaurant. Oh, here we go. In England, you just call it a curry house. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> On a Friday night, you stop off at the curry house. That's well, perfect. That, in, in Australia, that means you'd come around to my house, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Fire up the tent door. <laughs> but the thing is, you know, um, yeah, in England, that's, yeah, you just go to the curry house. But we've got a great place near ours um, for the plug. It's called Indian Home Diner. So after you've had a few beers, you go back. And I've never seen this before. But what they do is, it's a fantastic invention, by the way. This is This should be... They should be listed on the stock exchange. It's Get them on the podcast. Maybe we will. Maybe we will. But they do this naan bread, and then they smother it in the sauce that you want. So Warney would have his butter chicken. I'm sure you two would probably have your korma because you like your unspicy food. So you whack your vindaloo sauce in. They put your chicken in or whatever, your lamb in. And they put this onion bhaji, like crispy onion bhaji. They put some cheese in there, and they roll it up like a kebab. And you have a bite of it. Honestly... You can have fine dining, you can have your maccas, you can have whatever you want, 
Maccas. <laughs> this, well, you know, some people like Maccas, some people like Fine Dining. Whatever you like, you take a bite. Ripper. Unbelievable. Um, that's all I can say. Unbelievable. Ripper. Ripper. Yeah, nothing, nothing beats Indian food, mate. Absolutely. Benny, Benny, you've um, you've got people licking their lips. Can you post something on the socials about this uh, this little plug that you've put out there? Next week, I'll go and get one hundred percent. We'll okay. do it. Yeah. So speaking of uh, tasty vindaloos, gee, it's time for the dessert um, with the baked bean baron. What are you going to have for dessert? And what is your final question? This is the last question. That you're likely ever going to get the chance to ask Warney. Yeah, well, uh, the question I'm not too, you know, not too much thought into that, but dessert, like, what are we doing? I don't, I don't know, mate. What are you? You've had a meat pie and then you've had a buttered chicken, so uh, <laughs> it's got to be another <laughs> frothy, frothy beer for sure. Yeah, probably, probably um, get on the sooner and schooners and maybe something to wash that. You know, it's quite spicy quite deep dense food so maybe a, a, a vanilla ice cream just one scoop you know what i'm saying um or deep fried ice cream something like that uh mm. just to keep that stomach settled balanced um and a frothy but the question uh, look the question i'd i'd probably ask him um again the i i, I followed cricket growing up as sean I touched on so this is something i knew about a long time ago but in the documentary they don't really cover off on the whole corruption scandal in Pakistan. Um, mm. So, you know, he was offered a lot of money. He was found guilty and banned for the game. But in the documentary, it's kind of like we hear that spiel of uh, go watch it. If you haven't seen it, definitely go watch it. But I'd like to ask him, like, was that the, the first and only time you had interactions with bookmakers? And, you know, what really happened there? Um, because he was banned from the game and the, the bookmakers were all found guilty and paid fines. So was the match thrown? Um, and did you take part in it? I think I'd like to get more more juice on that. Was it, for, for those listening at home, was it the era of, um, was this like late 90s where it was like Warren and also Mark War were the, the guys that were, found to have uh, been having some conversations with bookies. Yep, yep. And it was the same It was the same era when Hansi Kronje, the South African captain, was actually banned from the game for life. That's right. Um, and was mysteriously killed in an aeroplane accident um, before he could face trials. So, you know, there was a bit happening in world cricket at the time. And, and yeah, Warney, Mark Waugh, Hansi Kronje, they were all part of it. So I think I'd like to know more about that. But wasn't it, didn't, like when they were questioned about it, and this, I could be wrong again, but from watching the documentary not so long ago, didn't they say they only gave some sort of information? I think they only gave, like, weather forecasts or something? I don't know. I have no idea. I have no idea. Maybe I'm talking nonsense here. But I believe it was kind of brushed off and they gave some sort of information. It was like but... pitch quality and things like that. They were talking about That's it. more weather-dependent scenarios to the pitch. And the outfield, I think. But, gee, you probably know more than Ben and I. Mate, oh, I don't know about this weather forecasting, but if you can predict some sunshine anytime soon, <laughs> uh, <laughs> it would, would be happy with that. <laughs> no, but I think that's what they claimed. And also, I think that's what they claimed. And people would just think it was so ridiculous that these were the claims. Again, I could be wrong, but that's what I remember. But I probably yeah. am wrong. <laughs> I'd probably follow that question up. Um, say, if we did get some juicy goss there or some cool stories out of that with... Uh, 
you know, any regrets. I mean, obviously we all know what happened with his with his family and and Simone Warren and all that sort of stuff and, and the scandals um, that came out of that. I mean, was was there any regrets? Um, was there anything you'd change? And I guess get a bit more perspective on on that era of his life and the way things panned out. Yeah, I think the from what I've heard tonight, G, and the questions you've got for him, it's more about for you, it's understanding his lived experience and any learnings that he can take from his experiences and the decisions he's made, whether or not he would change anything is irrelevant. But, you know, what has he learned? What can he share? Um, because I think that's the kind of guy that he was. He was one to definitely uh, be a mentor, definitely um, take care of others, not just his family, but the broader cricketing um, industry uh, mm. and just an all-around legend. Uh, so speaking of predicting the weather, tonight's been a little bit of sunshine um, on this wet evening, talking about all things Shane Warne. Our special guest has been a co-host of ours. It's G. Uh, again, as I said at the top of the show, it was a special request from our listeners um, on the Instagram line, actually. And don't forget, you can follow us on Instagram. We are the Dinner With Podcast. We'll close out the uh, episode as I'm speaking with you right now. Uh, I'm lost for words. I'm a few Balvinis deep. It's been quite a difficult episode, I must admit. G, thanks for sharing with with us. Any last words, G, on uh, on your special guest? Yeah, RIP to the great man. Um, we'll miss the iconic Australian leg spinner, but um, what a legend he was and what an awesome dinner guest he would be. Thanks, mate. And Benny, once again, thanks for joining us as an esteemed co-host. Um, have a shower, you filthy pom. <laughs> Thanks very much for having me. Legend to uh, all respects to Shane Warne. And yes, see you uh, next week. Ciao for now.